right. Just let me know when we're set. We're all set. Are we all set? I think so. I think that's what I said. Did Did you hit the button? The button is showing it is recording. I see. Is it red? Uh, no, it's black. Well, then you hit it wrong. <laughs> it's red when I when I press it again. <laughs> oh, okay. And it turns off. <laughs> oh, let's record on that. <laughs> oh yes, the one no one will hear. All right. All right, here we go. Synthaholics. Synthaholics. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and David Duncan. Dave, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Star Trek Lower Decks is, is still coming out week to week. Week to week. Uh, today we are in episode four of Lower Decks, Moist Vessel. Dave. God, this sounded so kinky in my head, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't really at all, and I was kind of sad. Kinky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it did sound very... Um, yeah, it sounded, uh, sounded like something dirty. else. Sound like something else was going to happen. Yes, but it didn't. And um, so uh, we are here on episode. Uh, I mean, sorry, season one, episode four, and this um, premiered August twenty seventh, twenty twenty. And uh, Dave. Um, we also got uh, a little bit of information that season three of Discovery is going to be October fifteenth. Oh yeah, October fifteenth. So that's coming coming sooner than I thought. I mean, I, I was expecting them to hold that off honestly to like December, January, like season one, and just like push that out as far as possible since COVID is slowing down like production on new things. So I figured they'd bank that as long as possible. Oh, but also yeah. they're they're airing season one on CBS regular television. Are they? Yeah, they just announced it. I think yesterday. Um, as of how the are they going to do that? Because there are some pretty no titties, so it doesn't matter. The block? No, wasn't there the one? She's. Uh, I mean, season season one. There's 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 Klingon breasts. I, k- kinda. I mean, she's wearing a prosthetic over her boobs. They're not, like, you know, oh, they're not okay. even like real boobs. Okay. I mean, like they're all they're just got ridges everywhere. I, um, I couldn't see a nipple. Did you, did you see a nipple? I don't know. I thought it was, but I can't quite. I mean, it's been it's, a while. It's such a it. quick. It's such a quick flash of a scene. It's really hard to tell if there were nipples or not. Um, I mean, she she was definitely naked, but I mean, like uh, the Laurel did not have the nice supple boobs that um, uh, Bator. <laughs> And her sister had, mm-hmm. Lursa and Bator. They had some nice, <laughs> your soft, favorite. Yeah, they had some. They had some beautiful boob window. Um, I, I don't care about seeing Lorel's boob window because we saw the full thing and it was not pretty. Um, so it's basically Lower Decks is going to end and Discovery is going to kick right in. Man, we're gonna like it's gonna kick right in and then we're gonna be like it's gonna <laughs> be a while, while before we can get back to the Expanse. Yes, it will be a while. Yes, <laughs> we might we may not be able to cover Expanse season five as it airs, which would be sad. Yeah, I know, I know. 
Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll uh, we'll see if we have to bail on on Discovery if we're hating life. <laughs> it's our show. We can do what the fuck we want. Yeah, we can we can cover Discovery later. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Lower Decks because we are loving Lower Decks. At least I am. I know you said you were before. Uh, we have uh, the opening scene with uh, Captain Freeman, and she is with a senior's office uh, officers, and they're having a meeting. And uh, Ensign Mariner is there, handing out like you know uh, pads to all the senior officers with um, this other captain, Tellerite Captain, uh, Captain Durango. And apparently, they used to serve together. Uh, Freeman and uh, Drango before, and uh, it, it, kind of cool, kind of cool to see a, a, a Tellerite captain. We've never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it looks very much like a like a generic Enterprise version of the Tellerite. Because I yeah. mean, uh, I mean, the Tellerite's got a lot more makeup in Enterprise and in right, right, and in Discovery. It was weird. It definitely looked like an Enterprise Tellerite, not like a Discovery Tellerite. I loved. Actually, I like both of them. Uh, obviously, the original series was terrible. It was awful. Yes, it was but, very bad. But I, but I do love. I love. Uh, I love both. I love the Enterprise. Um, like I almost wasn't a hundred percent sure it was a Tellerite at first because the animation is so simplified for <laughs> for the characters. So I was like, is that a Tellerite? It kind of looks. I guess it's sort of like a right. Know. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because I mean, like the. I mean, you could definitely tell it was a Tellerite Discovery, but they were, like, totally revamped. They had the tusks and everything, and this guy had, like, the Pizza the Hut, like, flat, like, flabby head, like the Enterprise Tellerites. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, upside-down funnel. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was cool to see. I, I, I like when they put those races in, because, like, you don't see them as much. And yeah. It's nice to see one as a captain. And they're the founding member of the Federation. They should be yeah. around more often. But during this meeting, they found apparently a, a, a generation ship, meaning a ship that's going to take uh, a group of people to another planet. Which Voyager to, should have been. Uh, yeah, I guess. And um, they're going to take uh, take uh, these people to a planet, and they're going to terraform it. So, But unfortunately, the cryo units where these people were in were disabled, and all the crew was mummified. <laughs> And uh, there's this molecular fluid that turns inorganic material into organic material that starts growing plants and all sorts of other things for a planet to make to make a habitable planet. Very Genesis device like, but it's it like, is. But yeah. it's like goo. Right, right. Um, yeah. So Captain Durango is there, and um, uh, and she's uh, he's giving kind of like a beginning speech of what's going on, what they're planning to do with this generation ship. Uh, so it's the Cerritos and the USS uh, Merced, and the um, they're going to tractor beam it and basically pull it so they can take it and study it and everything to a, a like a star base. But Mariner, during his talk, starts yawning, and uh, he basically stops yawning. How boring! This is the boring. This is so boring, and it gets um, uh, it it gets. Uh, the captain uh, Drango angry because Tellerites are easy to get angry, and then it gets uh, Captain Freeman angry because she's like, "I it looks like you can't control your own uh, crew. They they're just they're insubordinate." 
And uh, it just ends with her uh, yawning even louder. It was a funny little take. Uh, I mean, like, she's, like, last episode, Mariner had gone to being more like a regular person. And she's kind of going over the top again with the giant yawns. I was like, yeah. It's a comedy, though. It's kind of funny. Kind of funny in its own way. Um, So then we get into... um, uh, Freeman, Captain Freeman takes Mariner to the ready room is basically just uh, angry for everything that she she did and uh, Mariner just doesn't care she just gives you know and then she gives her uh, sarc- sarcastic uh, Vulcan hand salutes don't you give me that and she stomps off <laughs> pretty funny uh, uh, then Commander Ransom comes in and gives her some sensor data that the captain wanted, but then the captain says, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about Mariner and how she makes me look bad in front of everybody. And Sir Ransom says, assign her to the worst duties on the Cerritos, and then she'll just want to transfer off the ship. And for Captain Freeman's like, yeah, I'll put that. And, and, and sort of like incepted her into thinking that. It's like, that's why you're the captain. <laughs> yes. So, that's how it goes. Uh, so when the ensigns uh, uh crew quarters they're all hanging out and they're getting their assignment duties and uh they're all talking about what they got and uh that's where mariner finds out that she gets all these terrible duties uh she gets the um uh, let's see the duty of uh lubing the uh, turbo lift removing waste from the holodeck scraping carbon from the carbon filters it's like literally like human like cum yeah, I know. <laughs> Even like I, I guess they, it was they the say one... it. They say it later on. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, because yeah. like, it's bleeped out, and she's like, "They use the holodeck for that exclusively." That. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like it's true because I mean, in 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 Quark's bar, like literally, the holodecks are just for like having sex. I still have problems with that. It's a funny joke, but it never made sense to me. But anyways, what never made sense uh, to you? Well, because it's it's a holodeck, and so let's say you expel organic material, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it just beam it up and use it into a matter transference and and just turn it, break it down into its molecules? It's like waste. Like if you poot somewhere, it's going to just take that and just turn that into something else. I mean, I guess, except for, I guess, in the holodeck, they just like put it into waste. Well, maybe they capture it. Maybe they just beam it into the pods and then she takes it to the... But why wouldn't it beam it anyways? I mean, it's it's all it's matter. So you just, you're creating matter. So it's like, let's say you're in like, Maybe the uh, holodeck Charles- just vacuums it up into the walls, and then they have to remove it and do it manually later. What is it? I mean, technically, besides a holotech is technically just like a big transporter pad. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, but I mean, and and like if you do the Sherlock Holmes adventures that you know Data and Jordy used to go on. Yeah, you know they have this whole area, and some of it's probably like uh, like um, virtual reality illusion. Make it it looks like it's there, but it's not. And the more they walk forward or run or fall or jump, it makes it look like they're – it moves along with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's still just a big room that's beaming material. So like the streets, a street light, if you need to touch it, a person feels like flesh. I, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I, I mean – 
or is they, it, or is keep... it, or is it just, or is it just all like some kind of like a uh, holographic illusion that has like a, a a texture feel to it, like a force field feel? Well, I mean, they they say it's it's made with force fields. I mean, like they can beam stuff in, like you know, whenever they ask for like drinks and stuff like that, those are probably replicated in or beamed in or, or something like that. So, I mean, I think it's mostly force fields, but I think they do use some transporter technology. Uh, I mean, they they said as much in the Moriarty episodes that some transporter technology is used inside of the um, the holodeck, but it just seems like Star Trek can't decide how much things are automated and how much things are pe- what people do. Because in Discovery, they've got like the the R two D twos that can go out on the side of the ship and do all these menial tasks that um, people don't want to do. And if they had that in Discovery, why don't they have that in the twenty fourth century, where? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You know, if you're just cleaning out the cum of the uh, the holodecks and moving it to the, uh, the the matter reformation deck or whatever, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's exactly what. It, maybe you know, you spooge on the floor and it just gets collected and and then they use it for something else later on. Well, well you spooge in the holodeck; it, it, it inevitably goes to the floor once all the all the sheets or whatever like on on holodeck. The 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 room just sucks everything. It probably uses a force field to push it into the wall. And then it just collects in these containers, and they use the, and then they manually bring the containers down to the reclamation, to the biomatter reclamation unit for for the replicators. I like that we've gotten this far into detail. We've on so it. far <laughs> into what happens after you jizz in the holodeck. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. It's not the hawks. I don't think we've that's right that, that deep before. <laughs> Although I did think it was weird that the they said the lower decks people get different hol get different uh, rations for their, food um, food things which yeah makes so no sense because the, the random strangers whenever they got the the guy who wanted a guitar he could replicate anything he wanted and they told him he could replicate anything he wanted so why did they start why did they downgrade people in the future i yeah it's funny because uh because mariners tell us this is later on because during when they're getting all their assignments uh uh mariner makes fun of uh, boimler because um he says that he had like a, what, what was it? Uh, what was his um, job? It was uh, doing something. Oh shit! The, the conference room. Yeah. And he, he says they get better food. He says their food's the same. It's like there's totally different food. You know, they have better recipes, better. You know, so it doesn't make any sense that that it should just be in the ship computer. Or would they lock that to certain crew members? That and, seems. And again, this is again with the problem with CBS All Access stuff. They're showing. Uh, instead of an egalitarian society, they're showing a tiered society. I mean, which yeah, rank is tiered, but you know, rank is also showing how far you've come in your knowledge and your um, experience and how much you're willing to do for Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So, all those should matter. I would imagine. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. It just, it just, it just seems like it's on a tiered system. It seems like there's like money involved, like, because I mean, if there's less things, that means you're getting paid less or whatever. I mean, I mean there should be no pay. And, and again, there in the in the ensigns are all in this like basically bunking area. Yeah, it's very, but it, Cerritos is a lot smaller ship than where we're used to. Yeah, from the Enterprise. Starfleet. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, Ensign Tendi gets, uh, excited cause she gets to watch an ascension of one of their crew members. Yeah. And so she's excited about this. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, Tendi goes to, uh, this ascension. Lieutenant O'Connor is in this meditating and has this big sand mandala in the middle and there's other people. 
And Tenny basically screws it up. She uh, sees a gong, gets distracted, goes to look at it, and then she knocks it over, and then she basically falls into the mandala and just s- destroys it. And he's, what did he say? It took him like Two years. years. Yeah, to make this mandala. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, and then the guy is super angry because he can't ascend he now. He loses his cool. He's like so angry for this guy. He's the biggest, he's the biggest hothead you ever met in your life. For a guy who's supposed to have reached this, like, you know, perfection of, like, you know, being chill and mellow so he can. Being become, one with the universe. Yeah, become one with the universe. Yeah, it's weird. Um, then uh, Boimler and Mariner are going into the hall, and uh, Mariner is pretty. Um, pretty pissed off that she's got all these shitty jobs, and Boimler is like, "Well, I'm going to the conference room," and gives her the, the sarcastic Vulcan salute. And Mariner's like, "It's not cool when you do it." It's like, and then it is cool. It is cool when he does it. Um, so Mariner removes the waste from the holotech, lubes the turbo lift, but then uh, the chief security shacks uh, comes in and starts using it, just rips the sign down. Almost gets her killed. <laughs> Almost gets her killed. And uh, then she uh scraping the carbon off the carbon filters, and then she makes a like a, a kind of like out of it. game out of it, and all these people are rooting for it. And uh uh what's his name? The uh um commander sees it and is like she's just having fun, ransom commander ransom she says she's just like enjoying herself. So Yeah, um, she's she's making it fun no matter what she's doing. And so they come up with the op- opposite plan. Let's promote her to make her miserable. Yes, exactly. So they're going to promote her. <laughs> they're going to promote her to lieutenant. And Boimler's there when this happens in the conference room, and he loses his shit. He says, you don't do anything. You're just going to reward her for all this shit. So. Yeah, and so, so he's like, I'm going to start doing nothing. Right. This is why he gets a statue a thousand years in the future or whenever it is. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so she gets uh, – uh, a Mariner gets uh, a new operations uniform and is part of the senior staff. And and she's just got all these stuff that she does not want to do. So um, in the meantime, uh, what's his name? Uh, her name, Tendi, is, try, is trying to help O'Connor – uh, ascend, and she's trying to infuse different belief systems to uh, to help him ascend faster. Must do it faster. Yeah, so that was that's her game. Um, Mariner has to go through all these things: uh, vocal jazz scat, a poker game with the officers, where they all just keep folding. <laughs> This is pretty funny. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, this is supposed to be a friendly game. We don't go. All she goes. I'm all in. He's like, this is a friendly game. <laughs> She's like, this Damn is it. the boringest thing ever. Um, and uh, then Boimler sees uh, Mariner's new quarters and just can't believe it that she's done nothing to deserve all this, and and yet you know she's got it. Yeah. It's like everything I ever wanted. You get. You get and. You've done nothing for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so and Boimler decides, going on the ship, that he's going to break all the rules like Mariner. And then when they report, tell him to report for, for <laughs> bridge duty, he starts talking. He says, exactly what they deserve. And they're like, what did you say? And he's like, oh, uh, just finishing up a holodeck program. It's Moriarty. Yeah, he actually name drops Moriarty yeah, in this episode. Yeah, exactly. Um 
So, uh, let's see, yeah, then uh, Mariner goes into uh, Captain Freeman's ready room, and then uh, Freeman's just kind of making fun of her with the status update that she has to give. And then he says that um, it's Commander Ransom's birthday party, and he's going to be singing songs that he wrote on his acoustic, uh, acoustic guitar about his month he spent on Barcelona. And these are songs that he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's not having fun uh, watching no, all, all the... Uh, all the uh, senior staff doing their talents. Yeah, yeah. I just sort of remember Picard had to sit through a lot of those, too. An ode to Spot. Yes. Uh, during this whole time, Sritos and uh, Captain Drango's ship, the uh, Merceb, is towing the generation ship. And for some reason, Drango thinks that he should be in the position uh, to pull it better or something, and he decides to get close to the ship. Yeah, this didn't make any sense at all. This is basically a Tellarite being kind of, you know, shitty. Which we know they can kind of get in your face and be too aggressive once in a while. Tellarite's being shitty like a Tellarite being shitty does. So uh, one of the ships, uh, uh, Generation Ships, Hall uh, pulls off. So, and Cerritos... Uh, it spills the matter onto the Tellarite ship, and it's yeah, converting it. The, the, yeah, the... Uh, uh, what's it called? Terraforming the gel or whatever. Terraforming gel gets tractor onto uh, the uh, Captain Drango ship, the Mersib, and it starts basically terraforming the Mersib. <laughs> and there's a hall breach. And then, unfortunately, then it happens to the Cerritos right after. Um, <laughs> Captain Ransom's trying to tell uh, tell Captain Freeman what happens. And this one, Boimler just spills hot coffee in his crotch like, what are you doing are you out of your mind <laughs> it's pretty funny um so they're trying to evacuate everything putting force fields up and this terraforming stuff basically rocks water plant life and even coral life is uh is coming all through you know growing through the whole ship and uh, at some point in engineering, coral reefs are forming around the warp core. Water's filling up. And Tendi's like, what does she say? She said, like, you know, damn you, beautiful coral. You're going to kill us all or something like that. I can't remember. And some of it's like, explosive coral or something? There was explosive corals, too. But she was, like, saying how beautiful it looked. But then it's going to kill them. But um, during this time, her uh, Tendi and O'Connor are together. And she basically confesses that she just wants people to like her. And if someone doesn't like her, she, it, it makes her go crazy. And she wants wants people to like her so much. Why doesn't her pheromones make people like her? He's a dude. Like, I don't... What's, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have some kind of suppressant that they I, I, must do. You know, I, just I, like yeah, like the Vulcans have that odor suppressant for them. I mean, I, I guess. But it's just, <laughs> Ocon- they haven't mentioned yeah. it yet, so I don't know what's They haven't. I, I would love to hear them get into that a I little mean, bit. I mean, I, I keep waiting for them to have, like, a heavy Orion-themed episode with Tendi. This I mean, is the most Tendi-heavy episode we've had it, so far. It, 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 it has been, but it hasn't gotten into any Orion lore at all. No, it hasn't. No, no, yeah. Uh, and then O'Connor uh, confesses to Tendi that his ascension was never going to happen, that he's been faking just to stand on the crew. He said, do you know how hard it is just to stand out in Starfleet, and this is a way for me to do it? And I, I deliberately invited you to this because I knew you'd screw it up. And uh, and then they were like, we're both, we're both jerks. So We'll be best friend jerks together, and then like, they're going to die, and she gets... They're gonna- Kind of die together, right? 
it, during this time too, uh, while Captain Freeman and Mariner are in the um, ready room, they get um, the uh, terraforming starts and starts filling the ready room with like rocks. Um, so they start chiseling their way through it or with other rocks and they get down to like one of the turbo lifts and start going down and they just start, uh, arguing. And it's, now we get like more of a mother daughter. Like she's always saying, you're going too fast. You're doing this. You should use a sharper rock. And we kind of see Mariner doesn't like that. She's always trying to, you know, being overprotective of her. Yeah. So don't treat me like a baby. And Freeman is like, stop acting mature, and I won't. And uh, so, anyways, um, and they get to engineering. Oh, I'm sorry. Back in engineering, the water level is really high, and Tenny uses one of those explosive corals to blow out the the water out of the engineering. So they and they get sucked out into another deck, and one of the rocks fall on O'Connor, and he's crushed by the weight. He's, he's like, I'm gonna die, you know. But he but, pushes Tenny out of the way. Yeah, but Tendi won't leave him. So, uh, Mariner and Freeman uh, gets to um, uh, see they get to the main deflector dish or someplace like that, and they have to uh, they have this plan to get rid of uh, this uh, the the terraforming effect, and they release this gas, and it kind of turns it all into goo. Yeah, a moist, it, a moist vessel. It, it just, yeah, yeah. That's that's the very, very moist vessel. But it's just, it's really weird that, that, that that's what how it did it because, um, man, they wanted to make a whole planet like this. So, like, what if someone just released gas on that planet? The whole their whole planet would fall apart. That would be kind of I like a giant problem. But we realized that it wasn't going to work with the the Genesis effect either because David uh, David Marcus uses proto matter. Damn proto matter. Um, so yeah, so uh, then back with Tendi and o- O'Connor, o- uh, O'Connor, um, that that boulder that was on top of him vanishes or turns to goo. Yeah, and somehow he's okay. <laughs> His bones are fine. <laughs> and they start kissing. And this, when he starts going through his ascension, all of a sudden, because his act of sacrifice is what aligned his spirituality. And it begins, and uh, O'Connor feels like a burning sensation in his body, <laughs> and he starts seeing like pure. He's turning into pure energy, but it's it hurts and it's taking a long time. And then I see everything. <laughs> he screams in pain. He says he sees Abraham Lincoln. He sees the entire universe in balance with a, a back of a giant smiling koala. And there's a picture of a giant koala smiling at him as he ascends into the secrets of life. And then he disappears. This was the most Rick and Mortyest thing the show has done. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny for sure. Um, uh, so uh, later on, uh, Ransom uh, reports to the captain saying the terraforming has been completely neutralized. and uh, But damage on the uh, on the uh, Mercy uh, is is really bad, so the can't ship can't be saved. So they beam so, one over to the generation ship because the yep. captain would love to hang out with some uh, mummies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they take the generation back to the Federation outpost, and this is uh, Mariner is there getting a medal from this admiral, and then he starts making fun. She starts making fun of the way the admiral says censors. Censors. It's like nobody says censors. 
and uh, he gets uh, obviously feels that um, he feels he's making fun of. He's never been so um, you know disrespected, and uh, he, he she gets demoted, so she loses her lieutenant's pip. No, and he she's back. She she's back with the rest of the lower decks again. So back where she started. Like, and why, that, is she, why is she in Starfleet at all if she doesn't want to do anything but be an ensign? Yeah. So this is uh, so we're back who, uh, where she was. Uh, Dave, what do you think of this episode? Um, uh, it's probably my least favorite one so far. Uh, the um, I, I was really I was I was liking last episode a lot more because uh, Mariner was a lot more human, uh, uh, normal. Uh, she went over the top a couple of times in this episode, which her being over top's not not particularly my favorite. And then the ascension thing I thought was really weird. Like <laughs> if, if 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 a regular human can ascend, and this has been alluded to in Star Trek ever since TOS, like you know, like the disembodied voices making Kirk in the in the Gorn fight and stuff like that. Like you know, and they said, oh, you know, in a couple thousand years, you guys will be like you know, as evolved as us. And you know, they mentioned like you know being disembodied like the Q or the prophets or whatever they, they're name dropping all this stuff that like doesn't have like a corporeal body mm-hmm. and you know q told picard you know you guys will evolve you know one day but it's just like how could just one person just a couple of years after this point with q like well, it didn't say he was a q, didn't well, say no, he was a q. I, no, but it'd be, but he definitely ascended into into this alternate state being like i don't know it, it, it bothered me from a canon point of view like if any, if anyone can do this, like, why are there humans left at all? Or, or, I, it just, it just, it was, a, it was a strange thing that just anyone could do this, mm-hmm. see, seemingly, especially this guy who's a giant asshole hothead, you know, uh, yeah, know right? who, who wasn't very evolved at, at all. And then like the giant koala thing being like this like elder god thing was also kind of strange. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I don't know, I was expecting something something more abstract, I guess. But a koala just seemed too basic. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 that part kind of bothered me and was over a little, a little too over the top. Very, and it felt very much like a Rick and Morty more than anything else in the show did. And that was one yeah. thing that worried me about Rick and Morty people working on it. That would get too too weird, too and this, obscure, and, too weird. Yeah, yeah. And this is where the episode started to kind of do that. So I hope it gets toned back down a little bit. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like if this was just its own thing and like outside of canon, but just like Star Trek. I, I think I'd enjoy it more, but since this is canon, this is like raising some serious questions uh, for for me personally. Uh, what about you? What'd you think? Um, it the koala thing and the ascension thing. It seems like a it's a common trope in Star Trek. It's like they say this a lot. You know, like you said, the true Q um, was it. Uh, there's a TNG episode transfigurations they talk about here and you know just different things that you, that we definitely did see things like this in the past you know and um you know people turning into energy and stuff like that you know we've yeah, seen that like, we've seen Q, that more like, than, like her father was a Q or something like that like, so I, I know it was, it I know. Was like, but maybe there's more to you know uh, lieutenant um O'Connor, uh, O'Connor than we know. Maybe there's more to him than we know. You That's know? true. Um, 
Uh, maybe he's the Quiz of Hatterack. Maybe that. Something yeah. well, no wonder he's so gr- who's so grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Sand, it gets everywhere. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's itchy. It's coarse. Um, I like that we finally got an honest discussion between Mariner and Freeman. And uh, we finally got she calls her mom. And there's actually... There's, you see there is some affection there, but obviously there's a lot of aggravation and stuff like that. So it seems that, I could be wrong, but it seems like we are seeing that Mariner can act ridiculous and over the top because she's always got mom and dad to cover her ass. Yeah. So she can act completely insane, do stupid things, and never have to pay the price for it. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I just... I just don't understand why she's even in Starfleet. She's so ridiculous, and she doesn't give a shit about Starfleet. She's even said as much. Yeah. And I don't know. Why, why stick Why stick around? I, I don't understand it. She could just resign her commission at any point. I just I don't. I still think there's more to tell Mariner, so I think this is the first little reveal. Um, I mean, I do agree that the, the, the conversation and, like, the interaction between her and her mom was the first, you know, it was, it was nice. It was more real. It's a kind of a, more of the breakthrough, I think, we've yeah. seen for a long time with Mariner. Mariner also has become a little more three-dimensional than the cartoon character. Boimler, yeah, still, in, in Boimler middle, still seems silly. In the middle, she is super real. But at the beginning and the end, she's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, well, and she's it's a bit of she's a bit of the punchline or, you know, yeah. for a lot of things. Um, uh I mean that didn't bother me that much. I love the idea of the generation ship and like this material that turns things organic and the mummified people in there. Yeah, I, it, I mean, all just of that felt like a regular idea. Star Trek episode. Yeah, and, it's and, a fun idea. And, and you know, props to Lower Decks for even with the ridiculousness, it still has got like a traditional Star Trek setup. The episodes are structured like Star Trek would be. They even have A and B plots in these like thirty minute something episodes. They're not even thirty uh, minutes; they're like twenty five. Yeah, so, yeah, so last, I, mean, like, I, I I guarantee you, they take away credits. It's probably like a twenty two minute show. Yeah, probably. They're doing A and B plots like like Star like Star Trek does. I mean, it feels very much like Star Trek, and I still got to give you know huge props for this show. It feels like Star Trek in the structure. It's just <laughs> in the in the character bits and some of the canon stuff is just kind of kind of weird i raise an eyebrow um the 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 references are are clever as always um i still think the best thing the show's ever did was saying o'brien was the most important person in starfleet ever it was very funny that was amazing and and he he really was he's so instrumental he infiltrated the orion syndicate he like always fixed the ship he like died a million times and came back like o'brien was like amazing so right, right. It's it's nice to see like him vindicated for all the suffering he went through in Deep Space Nine and marrying Keiko and having to break up with Julian. I mean, like he, uh, <laughs> he right, said right. he said that he's gone through the ringer and he got he got some acknowledgement, which is absolutely amazing. And that's probably so far that that's definitely the highlight of the show for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was that was good. Yeah, I love that too. There's some great stuff in there. Um, yeah, I, I I'm still into the show. I don't think anything, nothing has been a deal breaker for me yet. And it's maybe because it's a cartoon, I can sort of just kind of like give it like not the highest expectations where, you know, we have, you know, Discovery and Picard, we're expecting masterpieces. Yeah, and then, then they're like... Not. <laughs> they're like Michael Bay meets Plato. 
<laughs> where nothing is quite right and everything yeah. explodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, maybe because I'm kind of giving it a little bit of leeway because it's it's supposed to be funny, and because it's a little silly, I can just go with it, you know. Yeah. But I but even if you even took out the silliness, I love the the look of everything. Yes, the animation's simplistic, and I, we already knew what that was going to look like. Well, that's so that, what I mean. Like the animation of the characters mm-hmm. is super simplistic, but the backgrounds, the ships, everything looks great. The continuity, it's not the people. Yeah, it's the continuity is is there. I and and the ideas are all there. You know, we're just seeing it all through the lens of these. You know, ensigns who don't have any power, and they're kind of. And they're not all screw ups. They're just you know don't have it all figured out yet. They're, so. trying, they're trying to make their way, and yeah, except it, for Mariner. So that's why I just don't understand why she's there. Yeah, Mariner's for, going are, the opposite direction. Are they forcing her into Starfleet? I mean, if they're forcing her, I guess that's one thing. And if she's just like making them try to kick her out. I, I don't know. It just it just seems like she'd have more free will being uh, a person of the twenty fourth century. Right, right, I, right, just, right. I don't know. It just it just seems really strange that she's like stuck in this thing that she doesn't really want to do, and she's like making a joke of that of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like overall, the show is like it's is like uh, solid because it, it definitely feels more like Star Trek than anything CBS All Access has given us to this point. So I'm I'm happy about that. I just wish she'd get toned down or like they'd explain why she's so crazy. I mean, I mean, I think it is. I think you're right. It's, she can get away with it because of her parents, but. I just don't understand her motivation for being in Starfleet at all. I, I do think we're gonna get more information on that. I think I think I mean we're episode four. We still got six more episodes. So yeah, and and you know like we said earlier, this this was the t- most tendy heavy episode we've gotten so far, and we've gotten zero uh, new Orion lore. Except for yeah. like they mentioned the city she never got to go see on our, on Orion in the first episode. That was the only bit of Orion lore that we didn't really have. Right, right, right. Uh, they yeah, haven't exactly. addressed like why, why her pheromones don't work, or like, it hasn't even come up in passing. She's like, I want everyone to like me. Like, well, it used to be everyone would like you. You're you're an Orion. Well, like you in a different way. <laughs> like you is like bone you, but you know that's why you got to. And the women the, will get headaches around you. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's. Uh, they they haven't talked about that at all of the Ryan culture. I just I, a little bit of a missed opportunity. Like she could have mentioned something since she was like trying to fall for this guy who's trying to ascend. She could have mentioned something. Um, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit of a missed opportunity because I mean, like we're probably not going to have. We'll probably only have like maybe one more Tendy focused episode this season. Yeah, I think we get more. Because I mean, we we had we had like a sec- was it the second episode? I think that was super heavy on. Um, Mayweather, or what's his name? Not Mayweather. Um, oh, uh, Rutherford. 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 Yeah, Rutherford. Like he was like he was super big in episode two, and kind of in episode one. And then we haven't really seen him much the last two episodes. Right. Like, Tindy's always been in the episodes, but her part's always been super small. This is her biggest part, so I, I don't I don't imagine like we'll get maybe one more big Tindy episode this season, maybe two, and that's probably it because they're mostly focusing on Mariner and Balmer. Yeah, right, right. Boimler. Boimler. Boimler, right, right. Yeah. Well, so, I don't, it, it's interesting. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Like, I don't know. I just, I almost kind of wish the episodes were longer so we can get, like, more lore, more information. I, I mean, honestly so think if it, 
Yeah, I think if they went any longer, they would drag. And I also think there we we get like stupid shit in there that doesn't need to be. This is like really lean. It's like if you took a TNG episode and just cut down all the fat. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it it might drag if it was longer, but I just I just you know there's questions and I want to like you know I'm hoping they'll address them. I doubt they'll get into all of that, but they might get into a few of them. Yeah. Well, hell, in Picard, we had so many questions and they just ignored them all. Obviously, for, they're not listening ten, to us. For ten full-length episodes, they just brought up a whole bunch of questions like, nah, nah, we're not going to talk about this. We won't talk about that. No, it's not important. Well, guys, uh, let us know what you think about Lawyer Dex. I know I've been hearing a lot of positive from a lot of people, but a couple people aren't crazy about it. Um, I mean, some I people are calling this like the final nail in the coffin for like how terrible Star Trek is, and people are like citing Doomcock and everything. I, I've been ignoring Doomcock. Like he, I, I started to listen to his first episode review on the first episode of Lower Decks, and he just is like, he can't, he can't, he doesn't like anything. Yeah, I don't really. I, I, I kind of watch things on my own, you know, judge them on, on their merits for myself. This yeah, is something I, mean, I enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't listen to Doomcock for his opinion. I listen. I usually listen to Doomcock videos just to see what crazy because he, he's like the he's like the aggregate for every single rumor there possibly could be. Him, yeah. him, and Midnight's Edge. So I just I listen to him and Midnight's Edge mostly just for like what's the rumors cycling around. Yeah. <laughs> because, no. I, I, yeah. I mean. I, I understand. I really do understand that some people don't like this iteration of Star Trek because, you know, it is a spit, it's a silly cartoon. It's not even a realistic looking cartoon. So it's all like very, you know, it Rick and like, Morty ish. It looks like Rick and Morty's from from Rick the and Morty ish perspective. Yeah, kind of characters. Except or, the backgrounds and ships look amazing. Yeah, they look great, and I you know. None of that bothers me because I still you're getting a decent story. It's based in the Star Trek universe. That does, none of that is deal breaker for me. And you know me, I like the '70s animated series because it's so silly. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoy it. But we did, no matter what some people say, we did establish that pretty much the animated series from the seven, '70s is canon because they keep pulling from it. And well, they keep uh, pulling from it in these new shows, which people also say aren't canon because they hate it so much. Well, of course, whatever. I mean, they but, hate Picard, they hate Discovery, they hate the Lower Decks. But as Guy, as Guy Davis, our buddy Guy Davis from Rocky Mountain Geek Takes will say, it is canon because the people who are in charge of the Star Trek, you know, moniker is 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 saying this is lore so yeah i mean i I mean i I get that i mean it is canon i mean it contradicts itself a lot so what what is true and what isn't (laughs) yeah that's more my issue i mean like i understand it's canon it's it's made you know it's it's fine i just wish they would like make it consistent right right or or at least try to because in discovery and picard they really did not try at all well and yeah it's the thing it's like we came in Discovery with high hopes, and we were let down for season one. But we were willing to still give it a little hope. And season two, there were things we it liked. It started strong and then just went down the same... It, it went down the same kind of shithole. Uh, Picard, it just besides a character we love, and we love to see his, uh, Patrick Stewart's acting, we just were not excited how the story went. I mean, like this, it could have been exciting if they would have built up this like these giant robots from 
that have, that are eons old or coming to to, to liberate their shogun okay. warriors, gigantic robots coming to invade Earth. And like if if this was going to be a fight for survival, that would be amazing. Like like just like fighting against you know. But it was such a small part of the story, and then yeah. it was like like brushed off the shoulder like Luke Skywalker in episode 8. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to brush my shoulder like it was nothing. This yeah. is the life-ending thing and you're just like ignoring it. I, I don't understand. Yeah. And they're, they're supposed to be advanced. How come they couldn't come through the little hole? They I just, know. They were yeah. just kind of looking at it. Like, why can't they open their own door? Like, there's look so, look so many... back at our Picard's. Uh, our oh, Picard, God. look back for that. I, so, I just... So I, 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 there's a lot of problems and I agree with you. And this is the first series that's come along that I've been enjoying and Maybe because it's a comedy and it's a cartoon, it's disarming, and I'm not really that worried about it. But even even so, it feels like Star Trek. It's got like a it's it's got the it's got the feel. the The intro looks like Star Trek. It sounds like Star Trek. The ships look like Star Trek. It's it's it feels like what we're used to. If is, they which, made which is good, if they made a series of a different crew uh, in this feel like the uniforms the the computers and the and the backgrounds and sets and everything and they can make it decent enough i might be well more behind a lot of this because i'd feel i'd like to see a a starfleet crew i'd like to see um where starfleet's going at this point you know yeah and the thing is i mean like i don't mind them like I, people, you know, get up all, all, you know, people who love the new stuff are like, well, you can't keep everything the same as it used to be. And I'm like, you can make stuff dark and gritty. You can do stuff with Star Trek you've never done before. We were encouraging and, it. And make it feel different. But just don't make it around a Federation ship. Make it around a Mach- uh, some rogue Maquis ship. Or make it around well, we, some... Well, they, they technically did that with Picard. I mean, Picard wasn't in a Maquis ship, but it was with a bunch of... Um... You know, like I mean, I mean, the, yeah, they did kind of do that with Picard, but the story just wasn't there. Like they just like it, it was just ten episodes of side quest with like no focus. A lot of on the a lot of missed opportunities. I think. Oh, Picard. so many missed opportunities. The show, like the first episode, pitched a premise that could be multiple seasons worth of television, which they completely ignored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or their explanations for them were super weak and just like super like gets get over with fast and so they were just weak because of that but i mean you but the thing is even with picard i mean we had like the sheer fucking hubris lady like why would a freaking admiral be talking like that i mean just i mean you know i just it just kind of it was like a little bit off-putting that starfleet was supposed to be better and like you know kirk even said oh people swore every other sentence otherwise you know they wouldn't listen to you like like that swearing had gone away and it wasn't just a get around the censors thing that uh, Michael Chabon said in the freaking article he did or, or interview he was in. It was just mm-hmm. ridiculous. I mean, just like you don't even know anything about Star Trek if that's what you think. It was just to get around the censors. Uh, <laughs> so you're an idiot, Chabon. Stop writing Star Trek. Go away. Well, um, don't worry. He's he's done with it. So well, that's that's good. But I, I mean, I know. But it's but still, it's just it's just the shit that came out of his mouth. I'm just like, you don't know damn thing, sir. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just it just makes me so mad and frustrated. Um, but I mean, like if they would have done, like, if the if the story was there, it could have been fine. Like I don't mind them doing a, a rogue thing. Just just Starfleet being so shitty is what what was annoying. And and there was no good payoff for it being shitty. It was just shitty to be shitty. 
you know, it just it didn't make any it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, I know the the one Romulan person ruined the entire Starfleet for what two decades. Come, uh, Commodore O. Oh yeah. Oh, she ruined Starfleet for. Uh, and no one ever figured it out on her own. No one ever figured it out. I never heard Commodore O swear. I, I think off Commodore O should have been swearing a whole lot more. So that kind of been like the thing since she was the corrupting force in Starfleet. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know, right? You know, if she's that, if she's the corrupting force, why isn't she dropping all the f bombs? You great. need to swear more. I want. I want to see a Vulcan uh, drop some f bombs. Yeah, if right. the, if or she, I guess she's a Romulan technically, but you know whatever, right, um, right. you know something. I mean, but if they, they, you can do different Star Trek. It doesn't have to be prim proper Federation as long as it's set in the universe and it adheres to the universe, like the rules. That's fine. But but both Discovery and Picard were trying to change the rules, mm. and that just isn't like it's that's why it felt you know disingenuous to me personally. Is that yeah. they're trying to reinvent the wheel, whereas the Mandalorian did not try to reinvent the wheel. They went hard on the lore that you knew, and they didn't try to change anything. And they didn't try to like teach you about anything. They just kind of like, this is the world we're in. You'll get the cues. You'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, and and, and they don't. Tr- and then in Discovery and Picard, they were shaking everything up. It's like they don't trust us. The diehard people who are paying for CBS, they don't trust us to understand what's happening. So they're reinventing the real and wasting a lot of time re-explaining how things are when that's not how they were. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're reinventing the wheel, and they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have tried to reinvent the wheel. Like, just tell us stories in the world. You can do a dark, gritty, crime-ridden, sex-filled Star Trek story. Just make it about Ferengi, or make it about Cardassians, or make it about Orions. Like, all these people outside the Federation, make them interact with the Federation often enough so that it feels... You still have some Star Trek feel to it or some things familiar. But, I mean, you can do messed up stuff in Star Trek in a Star Trek show and it still be Star Trek. But when mm-hmm. you start messing with the Federation and its cores, and it, it starts to feel off. And that's yeah. what's refreshing about Lower Decks for me. It doesn't feel off except for how awfully cartoony Mariner is. Yeah. And that's but she's she a cartoon. Yeah, but she, but she is a cartoon, but it's also supposed to be canon, so it's supposed to be like these are supposed to be real people, theoretically. Well, she hasn't done anything like uh, Wildy Coyote yet. Yes, for, I mean, <laughs> that's true. That's true. She hasn't gone told Roadrunner. That's true. Uh, but uh, I don't know, guys. Well, let us know what you think of Laura Dex. Uh, hit us up. You know, let us know. Uh, you can email us at synthaholics at yahoo.com. You can uh, hit us up on our Facebook group, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Synthaholics. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also tweet us at Synthaholic Duo. Um, you can get us at our Instagram. It's uh, uh, Synthaholics.podcast. You can hit us up there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying it, if you think this is an abomination and should be burned, uh, let us know what you're thinking of it. Uh, we'd love to hear your take. I, I mean, I, me and Dave are enjoying it, but we enjoy, if you know this podcast, we love, we enjoy some levity in our... Oh, yes, yeah, so we, we are all about levity and silliness and <laughs> talking about cleaning up cum from the holodeck. I mean, you know, yes. these are answers that need to be answered, questions that need to be answered. And I think we've done that tonight. We have. In great detail. <laughs> I wonder Angry. who cleaned up all of Riker's stuff. Or Barclays. Uh, oh, that's true. Barclay. He but probably he probably, probably gave Riker a run for his money. Well, I bet he did. Oh, he was definitely a sex addict. 
Um, yeah, so great. Uh, let us know what you think. And then uh, to show us something you want to support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon for slash Synthaholics. We'd uh, greatly appreciate any financial help you could give us. And also let people know about the show and that it exists. Uh, let your friends and family know. Let your co-workers know. And classmates, if you're going back to school, good luck with that. Oh, absolutely. Good luck and stay <laughs> safe. Get away from the the crazy people. Don't party because COVID's still a real thing. I mean, if you're listening to this 10 years in the future and it's not, more power to you. Have fun. But right now, <laughs> in 2020, and probably for the next couple of years, don't go to massive raves and parties. Stay safe, please. Stay safe, exactly. All right, guys. Well, next week we are back to Lower Decks. Can't wait to get into more of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I really Hopefully. hope Q shows up. That would be someone. That would be a legacy character you could totally bring back. Yeah, you John think Delancey's he's gonna... around. He is around. I wonder if, I don't know if he's not too keen about re- reprising that role. Uh-huh. We'll see. We'll see for sure. Well, guys, uh, definitely uh, check us out next week, and we'll be talking about more Lord X. Until then, live long and prosper, one and all. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink, and we'll cry till we laugh, and we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. I'm still waiting. I really hope they do one of those gut punch episodes like the original Lower Decks. That'd be kind of nice. Yeah. So it'd be like, whoa. Are they going to kill Tendi? Probably. <laughs> kill Tendi. No, don't kill Tendi. Don't kill Tendi. No, I don't I, I, I don't want them to. But I'm like, I mean, they gotta. if they do a Lower Decks type episode, they have to introduce someone who will be a recurring character and kill them, I guess. Cause the episodes are they so kind of killed O'Connell. O'Connor. Did they? Well, he ascended. Didn't technically die. He just oh no, but it wasn't a tear jerk. It was like overly goofy. No, nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. It burns. It's like what? It burns. It burns his eyes. <laughs> and then he saw the koala. <laughs> <laughs> it might have just been something that he saw that he he uh, saw a picture of a koala and it just conjured in his head. You know, it's like sometimes when people are ready to die, they see oh, like yeah. Or see or hear things that only they see or hear because it's like their brain is like doing tricks on them. Yeah, I mean, like if it was like a giant turtle with like the world on its back, that would make more sense because that's like, yeah, you know, almost, that, that's yeah. that's definitely old mythology. And sure, that's like something like that's that's normal. But like the koala thing came out of nowhere. I'm like, I've never heard of that thing in any kind of mythology. No, it's definitely not not at all. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if it's, like, based in mythology, that's way more interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. But the koala thing just seemed like it was, like, for silly laughs. I'm like, eh, okay. Eh. What else? Whatever. But it was very over-the-top Rick and Morty, like, weird thing happening. Like, when he started to ascend, like, the animation, too. Like, just just the, the, that whole little scene felt very much like could be oh, right it, out of Rick and it Morty. Was t- it was totally Rick and Morty, yeah. 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 Totally, absolutely. There's no getting around it. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I mean, it still it still feels like Star Trek, and like it, the the setup was great. I mean, it was it was fun. Tellarite. I haven't seen any Andorians really. Uh, there was one in the in the bar or mess hall. 
Well, no, yeah, well, in the, on and on the on Kronos there was the Andorians, but we haven't seen like any like in the Federation, like a. No, I, there was one in the in the mess hall. They kind of they just it just scanned past. Oh, gotcha. You know, just for a real quick, but yeah, not a. Not an actual character, character kind of yeah. thing. Well, this is a cartoon. Like they should definitely run into more captains that are aliens, because that was always so strange that like there was always a human captain in like all of our Star right. Trek shows. Like really? Yeah. And how many I think races? They just, how many races they just in did, the Federation? Yeah, I think they just did that because of the you know we're trying to relate to them. Yeah. Yeah. You you want you want your captain to be relatable. <laughs> There was also a theory that was always kind of pushed out there that maybe um, certain crews were all like all Tellarite or all Andorian. Yeah. Or all that, that doesn't really jive. That but. doesn't seem very inclusive for Federation. Although yeah, the yeah. ship that's completely run by Horta would make sense because they're. I don't think humans and Tellarites and Andorians would want to crawl through the Horta tunnels. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <clears throat> So I mean, I can see some ships being like specialized. That, that makes more sense. <laughs> like like a, like a Horda only ship that makes sense. Or like if, man, I want to see Tholians. I mean, I want some more Tholian lore. Tholians have only been in like three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like the original series Tholian Web and the two parter for Enterprise. Yeah, no, I love that shit. Right. I, I, why can't we get more Tholians? I wanted to get more lore on the Tholians. I want to know like. Are they part of the Federation now in this far in the future? Like, or did they yeah, die, the, did they die the off? Tholian, no, they're not the Hegemony. They're Tholian Alliance or something? Yeah. I forgot the name they gave them. It's so weird. Like, we, we, do, we don't know anything about the Tholians since, like, TOS times. They I have, know. They have, not, they have not come up post-Kirk. At all. Not once. I know. They did kind of disappear. Yeah, I mean, they, we, I mean, we got them in Enterprise. I mean, that's technical. I loved, I loved the reboot of them in Enterprise. I thought they looked awesome. Yeah, they did look really cool. I, I, I really would love to see them do more with uh, that. And, and the thing is, and that's what the lower decks could do. They could do a lot more stuff that, like, in silly animation, that would be harder, more expensive to do in CG. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's great stuff. 